Yeah, good morning you and welcome to the papers for Tuesday morning, the 12th of December 2023. It is Tuesday morning, it's 6.35am. As I begin recording this podcast, it's nice and early. Let's go straight to the front pages of today's UK dailies. We'll start with the iPaper headline, Tory rebels in standoff with PM on Rwanda law. Are you yawning? You might be yawning because you're tired. You might be yawning because you're sick to death of hearing about this. Yes, the allegation is that factions on the right of the Tory party are fed up and they believe that Sunak's Rwanda law is not strong enough to prevent courts from blocking any deportation flights. Therefore, they are threatening to oppose it. There will be a vote in the Commons this evening. And according to the iPaper, if 29 Tory MPs rebel and vote against the government, Sunak will lose. And what might that lead to? It might lead to an earlier than expected election. That's the claim anyway, as if it matters. That's the iPaper. Just in case you've been living on planet Zog these last few months, the Rwanda scheme is the plan to take asylum seekers who arrive in the UK and redirect them to Kigali, where they will be processed in Rwanda and stay in Rwanda if it is determined that their asylum claim is genuine because we don't have any more room. That's Rishi Sunak's government. That's the position at the moment. Right, Okay. so human rights activists, the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats, the Greens, they argue that this is inhumane and it's not the done thing. It's not what the UK should be doing, sending people with genuine asylum claims to Rwanda. Ben Wallace, the Telegraph, let's look at the Daily Telegraph. Ben Wallace, do not let Rwanda row bring down government. Wallace is a former defence even secretary and, well, I don't need to tell you what that's about because we've just discussed it. Daily Mail, down to the wire is the headline. After day of grandstanding from both wings of the Tory party, Rishi faces Rwanda vote today that could sink his leadership. And just about the only thing his MPs agree on, it's going down to the wire. That's the mail. The Times, right-wing rebellion threatens Rwanda bill. Very good. A Daily Express, last ditch bid to win over rebels. Incidentally, a number of the newspapers today carry photographs of two royal children. The children of William and Kate. They have two young kids, I think George and Charlotte are the names, in fact I'm sure they are. Apparently Kate, the mother of the privileged little dipsticks, shouldn't say things like that about children. They were taken to a charity where they were choosing toys for underprivileged children to enjoy this Christmas. Toys that the little royals would take for themselves if given the opportunity. Which toys would you choose? Choose ones that are suitable for your age, the charity workers said to the little privileged ones, and then the kids chose the toys to be doled out to those less fortunate. Financial Times, oil states face outrage as fossil fuel phase-out dropped from COP draft. So the COP28 UN climate talks continue. 
it is being alleged this morning, and the broadcasters are really running with this, that there's been serious disagreement and that some nations have reacted very angrily to a draft deal regarded as being weak. Okay, because apparently the United Arab Emirates have rolled back on commitments to phase out fossil fuels. So some of the oil-producing nations, a little bit reticent as the COP28 UN you know, gets to the wire, the conference, some of the oil-producing nations are a bit reticent to go all in on commitments to phase out fossil fuels. So the likes of Greta Thunberg and others will be melting down, no doubt, this morning. The Guardian, same story. Climate draft condemned as weak and insufficient. The Sun goes with an exclusive fury versus Cheshire Council. So the Sun is focusing on what it says is a row between world heavyweight boxing champion Tyson Fury, his father John, and Cheshire East Council, a row over a council tax bill. That is the Sun. So if you're a fan of Big Tyson Fury, the King of the Gypsies, you'll want to read the Sun today. Cheshire Council saying you owe us some council tax, Sun. The Metro goes with I Did the Right Thing. It's a reference to Rishi Sunak and his appearance before the COVID inquiry yesterday where his Eat Out to Help Out scheme, which was introduced in August of 2020, came under scrutiny. He defended it, did Sunak saying it was the right thing and didn't lead to any more deaths. Yeah. The Daily Mirror the life and death divide is the headline. The life and death divide. What's that about? Well, it says there are shocking, that's a quote, cancer death rates between different areas in England. It says a new study, the mirror, people in poorer areas are more likely to die from, from cancer than those in wealthier ones. As the paper calls this a cancer poverty trap. The front page of the mirror and the star to finish then, its most cringiest time of the year is the headline on page one. Uh, this is a seasonal theme, obviously. Christmas parties are set to be wild, says the star, as employees who work from home get together for the first time in ages. Yes, so many people working from home these days, but may congregate for the first time this year for the annual Knees Up the factory or the company party, the Christmas bash, and they might get up to all sorts of shenanigans, is the headline on the front page of the Daily Star. This is the papers with me, Richie Allen. It's the 12th, as I've already said, the 12th of the 12th, 2023. Let's have a look inside the papers. As usual, one or two things caught my eye. Telegraph, fifth of British public would support reintroduction of COVID restrictions. So this is polling carried out by research group More in Common. The polling asked adults whether they would back or oppose the government reintroducing restrictions if the country's health situation demanded it. So More in Common surveyed more than 2,000 people over the age of 18 and showed that those aged 25 to 42 were most likely to back restrictions. Of those polled, some 16% said they would strongly support rules enforcing the wearing of masks on public transport. 29% said they would somewhat support them. 
asked about closing nightclubs, 13% they would strongly support it, with 16% saying they would be somewhat in favour. 8% of those polled uh, respondents said they would strongly support the reintroduction of the rule of six, whereby people would only be allowed to meet in groups of up to six people outdoors. Some 14% said they somewhat supported the reintroduction of that rule. And 7% of respondents supported the closure of pubs and restaurants, with 13% partly supporting it. Now, don't panic, because the article goes on to say that the great majority of people were opposed to the reintroduction of any restrictions, with 48% somewhat or strongly against face mask rules on public transport and 61% somewhat or strongly opposed to closing nightclubs. So it's interesting. Now Luke Trill, the director of More in Common, told The Telegraph, two years on from the removal of all formal COVID rules, our polling finds a significant chunk of the public would actually like to see restrictions introduced. And he went on to say, why is this the case? Well, from our focus groups, we know that while most people couldn't wait to get back to normal life, there was undoubtedly a smaller group who enjoyed the quieter pace of life that lockdown brought and would like to see it brought back. Now, it's interesting. While the great majority say no thank you to restrictions, of those who did, most most of them were aged, that that, that age group they gave us, which was the age group of 25 to 42. So younger folks were more likely to favour the reintroduction of restrictions. And I was musing on this as I was walking around Buell Hill Park in Salford this morning, musing on, on this and wondering, is there any connection between that statistic, that more younger people are more likely to say yes please to more restrictions, and how life for younger people changed through the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties. You know, in terms of how I grew up in the late... I was a child of the very late 70s and through the 80s. And we were children who were not really wrapped up in cotton wool and not really mollycoddled and not really protected, maybe, in the way that children were protected later on in the 90s and noughties. Is there some connection there? You know, in the summer, we were turfed out after breakfast out of our homes. I grew up in Ballybeg and Waterford. And we were turfed out in the summer, in the very early a.m., and only came back in to be fed twice, and then were screamed at at 10 o'clock in the evening by parents screaming from porches and doorsteps, screaming for us to come back in. We were left to our own devices and to manage for ourselves. And I wonder if there's some relationship between how that changed and children became much more protected as the years went on. Is that anything to do with the fact that seemingly younger people wouldn't be you know, overt, wouldn't be overtly against the reintroduction of restrictions anyway. Speaking of health, the Times has an interesting story if you have children. And of course, everybody is stocking up on the confectionery as we head towards Christmas. The headline is Sweets Linked to Cancer for Sale in Britain. American sweets containing banned additives linked to hyperactivity and cancer in children are being sold in British shops. Trading standards officers warned parents on Monday about the dangers of sweets imported from America after seizing packets containing unauthorised ingredients. Imported confectionery, which can have banned additives, include Swedish fish, double bubble, jolly rancher gummies and hard candy, hot tamales, twizzlers and lemonhead, as well as drinks including Mountain Dew, 
Marinda and Sonny D. I have to say, the only things I've heard of there were or are Mountain Dew and Sonny D, Sonny D is the drinks. I've not heard of any of the sweets, but then I don't eat sweets or candy. The seizures, according to the Times, follow warnings about the growth of stores specialising in selling American candy. So if you're on your high street and you come across a store and it's advertising American candy, you need to know if the sweets contain E127, which is um, erythrosine, that's erythrosine, um, which is shown on American products as red 3. So if the ingredients contain red 3, that can contribute to triggering hyperactive behaviour, especially in kids. The substance is allowed in cocktail cherries, but it is forbidden in sweets. And the chief executive of the Charter Trading Standards Institute said it's extremely worrying to know that as we approach Christmas confectionery that will appeal to children is on sale in UK high streets and it could be linked to hyperactivity and even cancer. Apparently American candy has grown in popularity over the years in the UK because it's promoted heavily on social media channels like TikTok. So keep an eye out, dearest of listeners. If you've got youngsters, keep an eye out for the ingredients of everything, obviously, but American candy, do pay attention to it. That's if you believe the times. And I'm not telling you what to believe. You're listening to The Papers, a podcast only with me, Richie Allen, daily, Monday to Friday. I look through the papers and look at one or two interesting stories within. Uh, As I do this, it's now 6.49 in the AM here in Salford. It's mild, it's mild out, but it is dark, obviously, and it's a bit damp. We've had a lot of rain recently, but we had a deluge of rain overnight here in the northwest. Took me about 20 minutes to dry and clean the pups after the walks this morning, but sure, it is a labour of love. If you didn't do it for God, who would you do it for? You know, that kind of a thing, like. Mirror, misogyny, they love this, the papers. Joey Barton claims Sunday League side would beat Lionesses in extraordinary new rant. The culture wars. Barton used to play for Manchester City. He's been a manager. Most recently Bristol City, I do believe. And he has caused a bit of a controversy recently, saying that he was fed up of watching the men play on the telly and listening to women pundits in the studio talking about it. I talked about this myself on The Richie Allen Show. He's now suggested just to stoke it up a bit, just to ramp up the, uh, the, the hysteria that a men's amateur football team would easily beat England's women's team in an exhibition game. I don't buy this, funnily enough. And I'm not trying to curry any favour at all with my female listeners. No, I'm not. Uh, the women's international England team are a very, very good football team. They're very good. And uh, I'm not buying it that a men's amateur team is going to beat them. I think Joey Barton is channeling his inner... I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Was it Bobby Riggs? I think it was Bobby Riggs who once famously challenged Billie Jean King, the legendary tennis player, to a game. Riggs was an amateur, wasn't he? Bit of a huckster. Made a name for himself and played Billie Jean King, but Billie Jean beat him in three sets. If memory serves, I think, I think, well, I know, a film was made. Hollywood made a film about it, didn't they, Bobby Riggs? So I don't know if that's what, what, what he's doing, if Barton is just looking for publicity. But it sparked a bit of a debate on social media. As far as women commenting on men's games or sitting in the studio acting as pundits, if they're good enough, they're female enough. If they're good enough, they should be there. If they're not good enough and they're being put in there, 
in some way, in a kind of a tokenistic fashion. Well, of course, that is wrong. In my opinion, you should be there on merit, no matter what you look like. The Sun came across this. I was reading the New York Times the other day, and I came across something about this. The Sun is uh, is interested. Fat, listen to this headline. Fat pride protesters chanting, Lard is lovely, is threat to nation's health. Fat pride protesters chanting, Lard is lovely, is threat to nation's health. What's this all about? 2,000 fatties waddling down Manchester's Deansgate, wait for it, proudly waving sausage rolls and McDonald's flags and chanting, Lard is lovely. When did that happen? I wasn't aware of this. I didn't know this was going on. Well, it didn't. Uh, The author of this article in The Sun says it could happen. It could happen soon that overweight people could be marching in Manchester's high streets, waving sausage rolls and chanting that lard is lovely. The article says fat pride has hit America and is lumbering its way to these shores. Colorado is set to become the first state in 50 years to ban fat phobia by law, with politicians planning rules that will add a person's weight to the list of characteristics such as race. Excuse me. Got to read this again because it's important. Colorado is set to become the first state in 50 years to ban fat phobia by law, with politicians planning rules that will add a person's weight to the list of characteristics such as age, race and sexual orientation that are protected from discrimination. Isn't that interesting? Your weight could become a protected characteristic and you could make a claim that you are being discriminated against because of your weight. The Sun says the fat acceptance movement, movement is a very real thing and as dangerous as it is ludicrous. An employer who fails to give an oversized desk, for example, to a big-boned worker could very well find themselves sued. Similarly, it's curtains for an airline which does not accommodate a size 24 passenger or game over for a restaurant that does not provide big enough booths to a very hungry customer. New York has just introduced laws banning businesses from discriminating against fat people. And New York have have introduced these laws because of a lawsuit which was brought by a 28-stone emergency doctor who claimed she had been illegally sacked over concerns she couldn't stand long enough to treat patients. And the article goes on to talk about how 26% of people in the UK are clinically fat and weight-related admissions to hospital are up more than 15% since 2021. There's a direct link between obesity and cancer, the article says, and that this fat pride movement is dangerous. To be fair to the author, the author says we should be championing people of all shapes and sizes so long as they are healthy and not harming themselves or anyone else. Very interesting. Fat shaming. And uh, fat pride and making weight a protected characteristic. Could it possibly come to this country? Could it be included in anti-discrimination laws or legislation? Hmm. We'll see. Here's an interesting one in the mail. This has come up over the years. Furious row erupts in France as teacher is left in fear for her life after showing 17th century painting of nude women 
to Muslim pupils in art class. A teacher showed a 17th century painting of nude women to Muslim pupils in art class. And now she's in fear for her life, says the Daily Mail. Religious fury, they say. Muslim parents have complained that the 17th century Renaissance painting of nude woman was showed to pupils. The school in question is Jacques Cartier, which is in Issou, which is in West Paris. Um, staff refused to work on Monday in solidarity with this teacher amid the crisis sparked by the showing of the painting. Uh, Education Minister Gabrielle Attal visited the school in person on Monday and said that pupils who made false claims about the teacher on social media would be disciplined. The 17th century painting in question... Um, do we have the name of the painting? We don't have the name of the painting, do we? Have we? No, we don't. We do. It's Diana and Acteon by the Italian painter Giuseppe Cesari. Portrays a Greek myth in which the hunter Acteon bursts in at the site where the goddess Diana and her nymphs are bathing. And the staff at the school are saying we're terrified about this because of the murder of Samuel Patti. Remember that? Two or three years ago. He was murdered in similar circumstances. Um, yeah, we remember the Danish cartoons, of course. Yeah, this is crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely abominable to me that this would be a thing in the 21st century that somebody could be in fear of their life for showing a painting because a religious group of people or a people who have a very narrow-minded interpretation of a re- re- religion think it's okay to issue a fatwa against a teacher madness really and I think the French authorities should take a very dim view of it and anybody um, regardless of whether they are Muslims or or otherwise um, threatening somebody's life you know in in defence of a prophet or in defence of a religion they should be locked up at the speed of light after of course they have had a fair trial I'm not one for incarcerating people without due process just in case you think I've lost me marbles This is the papers. It's 6.57 as I talk to you this morning. And I'm not talking to you at 6.57 because you're hearing this later on because it's a recording. But uh, I'd like to let you know what time I do the recording at. Yes. So what else is there? Let's have a very, very, very quick look at the BBC News website. The BBC is the national broadcaster here in the UK. It's got its own news website. As well, controversial clothes hook spy cameras for sale on Amazon. You know those hooks, those racks that you put in bathrooms, the hooks where you hang your towels and your dressing gowns and what have you and your bathrobes? Well, apparently, according to Chris Valance, the tech reporter for BBC News, spy cameras disguised as clothes hooks are on sale on Amazon, despite the firm being sued over the gadgets. A US judge recently ruled the retail giant Amazon must face a case brought by a woman who alleges she was filmed in the bathroom using a closed hook camera purchased on Amazon. A privacy expert has said the misuse of such devices may break British laws because the devices are available here in the UK if you go You know, if you wanted to buy such a device, Amazon.co.uk. The woman in question says that while she was staying in a West Virginia home and still a child, 
she was surreptitiously recorded in the bathroom using a camera disguised as a clothes hook, which he says was purchased on Amazon. The guy alleged to have been responsible for placing the camera is facing trial. Amazon is being sued. It continues to sell the cameras. That's on the BBC. That's bbc.co.uk. There is quite a bit of coverage on the BBC website of the Rwanda vote, which will happen this evening, and also the latest from Gaza. Uh, The BBC says Israel encircles Hamas strongholds, fierce fighting continues, and the United States claims to be pushing Israel to put a premium on civilian life. But that's laughable. Laughable because 14,000 tank shells have been okayed, or the US President Joe Biden has just okayed 14,000 tank shells to be sent to Israel to continue the bombardment of Gaza there. So it's a nonsense to say that the US is in any way pressuring Israel to put a premium on human life. The United Nations General Assembly will vote today on an immediate ceasefire in Gaza after the US vetoed a similar resolution proposed in the Security Council. Okay, Now, no country has a veto power in the, in the General Assembly. However, resolutions are not legally binding. They just reflect global opinion. So the UN General Assembly will vote on that ceasefire a little bit later on today. I hope, uh, dear listener, as always, that you can join me at 4 o'clock UK time this afternoon. I'll have the Richie Allen radio show for you. I'll be live. That's a live and interactive radio show. I'd appreciate it if you downloaded the app for the, pro- for the show. You'll get the app on Google Play. You'll get it on the App Store for Apple. Do download it and do leave a review. Thank you for listening to the papers. Have a fantastic Tuesday. And until later, from your BBG, it's Sloan Tommel, Sloan Gafold. Bye now.